0: Listening to Spitball with Adri Ball
1: Hulk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to the Super Bowl edition of (laughs) Spitball. I'm your host, Adry Ballhawk mallows and joining me this week is my amazing co-host, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir?
0: I'm good. I'm awesome. However, I am a little bit sad, for we are at the end of this glorious
1: season. I know. And what a game it was to end it, which we'll come on to shortly when we go through the roundup. But just one quick thing I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, you have your flag America football team there at you the Marjon Lions. I saw a wee picky today and noticed that you were wearing number four. What is this about?
0: Ah, yes. Well, basically, that is because we got ourselves new kit this year. Lovely kit with our sponsors, Satori Healthy Living. And thanks to our kit provider, Macron. However, because they are based on football, English football or soccer kits, for you uh, American friends out there, it was easier and cheaper to print them from numbers 1 to 15. Ergo, it meant that no customizable 29 I got to wear.
1: Oh, But you could have scrapped 15 and gone with 29.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess as as chairman, (laughs) I could have been like, I'm having my own custom kit, but then there was so many pitfalls with that, that it was just easier to just go, everyone has 1 to 15, pick a number, and I had to make sure I had an even number.
1: Uh, Plus, because of course when you do leave at the end of the summer, then it means someone else, obviously you, it goes into someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I think I can allow that. Now join us when we come back for the roundup of the big game itself. Super bowl 50.
0: The super bowl is defined by spectacular plays. And those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. From time to time, for some teams, lightning strikes twice. He's
1: gone! He's gone! Let's No hand off to Smith. Timmy Smith from
0: 58 yards! As time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment. He's to go all the way! Even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. And over people. Now, with another super stage on the verge of being set, who
1: will join them in a run for immortality? We come on now to the game review itself of Super Bowl 50 number one seed against number one seed, number one pick against number one pick. Denver, Carolina. What did you think, Marcus? You know what?
0: The, after all the hype, I mean, this was really hyped. I mean, this, the last couple of years, Super Bowl seems to be getting more and more anthropomorphic, where it's this huge event and it takes on a global phenomenon. Uh, phenom- that word. Phenomenon. Uh, the
1: question is, what is a phenomenon? The question is, who cares? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Really, this one really did get hyped up. And, and I feel really for the first quarter, it kind of was a little bit like edge of seat stuff. And I really did enjoy the sort of first quarter because it, it sort of was that defensive, like, no one's going to budge. And it was like literally like two, you know, two dogs snarling at each other. And you're sitting there going, you know, who's going to get the upper hand? And they just, for me, it was just, there was just like slow, if you have like a tyre that's got a pin in it, and it doesn't go flat immediately, but it just slowly gets flatter as the time goes on. And to me, that's how the game felt, where the buzz just didn't quite live up, and it just got a little bit flat
1: towards the end. Yeah, it was a, a defensive masterclass, wasn't it? Or a, a slugfest, if you will. That seems to be my, my favourite term of the year, a defensive slugfest. Carolina did look void of ideas at, at times, I thought. And a lot of times on first down, what did they do? Um, they run the ball. What was Denver expecting them to do on first down? Um run the ball. So why didn't they do something well, different?
0: Not only that, they ran the ball straight up the middle right into the the heart of that defense, the actual core. And you're sitting there going, guys, there's more pitch on the outside. You can you, you can run into those bits if you want as well. You don't have to keep running in in between the hashes.
1: And I know I'm not a coordinator, but This is the one thing that I was saying to one of the guys who worked today that really bugged me. It's just like one of the first things you're going to do as an offensive coordinator is you're going to look at the opposing defense and think, right, what are they going to do? What are our keys? What are they going to do to try and stop us what we do best, i.e. run the ball? Well, they're going to load the box. They're going to put eight, nine men in the box. Like you said, they're going to stuff up the middle of the field. So what are we going to do to counter that? Oh, well, we're good enough to just play our own game. No, don't be an idiot. Do something different. Use the quick passing game, the screens, quick slants, any kind of quick passes. And guess what? Here's something that's not a new idea. You can actually use the pass to open up the run lanes because the more you pass, you'll start to soften up that box and get less people in it because they'll have to think about coverage and then you can start pounding the ball up the middle again. I've just given away my Madden tactics, but hey, who cares? That's how you win a football game if your opponent's expecting you to run.
0: Not only that, you're sitting there going, why was the tendency then put on Cam to play? Who Cam, he's a great quarterback, but you know what he's great at? He's great at running and passing and passing on the run or doing lots of different stuff. And you just had him sitting back there as a, uh, as a pocket passer, as a Tom Brady or a, a Peyton Manning. or oh, you know, surprisingly, role reversal there. And the fact is, they just sat there and they enveloped the pocket. They destroyed that chance to sort of like sit back and just, you know, pick apart the, the secondary. They weren't having any of it. The, the, the de- defensive line on Miller's crew just absolutely
1: went to town. Yeah, it's crazy. And the Denver defense was just phenomenal. I don't want to take anything away from them because I think as a defensive plan, as a defensive scheme, Wade Phillips got it absolutely spot on. And that's what bugs me about how Carolina played, but Denver were phenomenal. Von Miller was amazing. That whole front line, Derek Wolf, um, Jackson as well. You can name more DeMarcus where the whole lot get the kudos, I think, for this Super Bowl win. They were number one defense for a reason. Um, and Manning basically did what he needed to do, and that was manage the game um, despite the interception.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is that you're sitting there going, Manning didn't have to have the like the, the amazing game as it is. I mean, the fact is the offensive game plan played into the strengths. When they were in positions to gain points, they maintained the, the the football and didn't give it away cheaply so they could take those free points, those field goals, and just keep the scoreboard ticking over. I think Anderson's game went a little unchecked because really the run game, though it's not always uh, sung about in Denver, at 21 carries for 86 yards, I believe it was, and you're sitting there going, that's four yards a carry. That'll keep your, your downs ticking over really nicely. Just four yards a down, keep that clock moving.
1: It would have done, but the Carolina defense did a great job of keeping that in check. I mean, it wasn't until late on in the game that Anderson broke that 30-yard run, which obviously helped the average, Um, and then he had another big one as well for about 20 yards, and they came in the third and fourth quarters, I think, and obviously he had his little touchdown run as well, but that was just because they spent so much time on the field, that Carolina defense, that I feel that inevitably something was going to give, and that Denver O-line... Again, which isn't a shoddy line, line managed to put together some key blocks when that defence was getting tired.
0: Someone actually mentioned this to me the other day where I had to actually admit that I didn't actually hear his name talked to about a lot. That's Luke Kuechly. He gets mentioned, if I remember, about once or twice. This is what comes from success, really. Unfortunately, you get a massive target pinned on your back and people are then going to start um, sitting there. And when you don't run back to interceptions for touchdowns every game, people are like, Whoa, what was Luke Kuechly doing? But you look at it and it actually... He, his, his main principal role is to sort of like, as you say, is to, is to hold the middle of the defense and stop the run game from, from going out of control. Which he did most of the night. Yeah. But it's, you're sitting there going, who else is really, can you sit there and say, well, Carolina defense, they played their part. They, they stripped Manning for a fumble. They were was it four sacks on him and they got an inception defense stepped up to the mark and you know what, it was this sort of defeatist attitude of the, of the Carolina offense, which really bugged me because it just, like you said, it just didn't seem to, to have any kind of moving parts. It just seemed to be very static. It sat there and went, well, this isn't working. Well, let's keep running it anyway. And, and so many, drops. I mean, that was the other thing that really started to bug me. I, I was literally, every time I saw a Carolina drop, I screamed at the TV for someone to actually go and f***ing catch it.
1: And well, they did make some great catches they didn't they? Because Philly Brown had a, a great catch. Oh, bless catch. him, yeah. Did, uh, funches as well. He had a, a big catch, but that's the problem. It was two big catches, but that was really about it. We saw a couple of catches from, from Ted Gim, but not many. Um, and in the end, I think Denver just made the most of their turnovers, um, especially with that Defensive TD at the start of the game. And all in all, I think it was a great game. But like you say, it probably started off, it was all hype. And then it just kind of slowly and slowly just tilted in Denver's favour and just became like a bit of a, a stalemate because you knew inevitably what was going to happen. By the time it got to sort of half time, maybe into the beginning of the third quarter, it just looked. And I sat there with the big dog. <laughs> And uh, just before Carolina got the field goal attempt that um, Gano missed, I actually sat there before that and I said, I've not got a good feeling about this. I think he's going to miss. And boom, hit the post. <laughs> Killed the momentum.
0: Killed the momentum because it went back up. Denver went straight down the other end, got three points of their own. And yeah, you just saw the, def- the, the deflated sort of look on, on Carolina. But I have to give this to Denver because all they did is they put their foot on Carolina's throat and they just did not take it off until it hates
1: Final uh, zero zero zero. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean a great game. Uh, Denver obviously came away with the win, twenty four to ten. And just a couple of words to finish it off, or a couple of things to finish off. Um, thought Josh Norman. Obviously, I'd given him a bit of stick early for how he was with Odell Beckham Jr. early in the season, but very classy at the end of the game. Before the game had even finished, on the last play that Peyton Manning was on the field as he went off, Josh Norman went straight over to oh, him and yes, um, was just like, just an absolute legend, you know. Just gave him congratulations and just thought that's how you expect champions to play you don't expect them to walk off and leave press conferences early and then try and justify it by saying oh who are you to judge me um well, Cam, everybody knows that a champion is humble in defeat as well as victory they don't start sulking and they don't try and make excuses for themselves that maybe it's just because of his age i think in that side of him that's the the one part maybe that he just needs to grow up and learn is that you need to be humble in all aspects of your life and the game.
0: We've seen Cam Newton grow, because I'm pretty sure we were saying about two years ago that, again, his hissy fits were his problem. Yes. If we, if we remember, when when Carolina were, weren't so... Dominant in and uh, weren't playing so well. The one thing I think I remember a couple of years ago, we were saying, Cam Newton, you have got to grow up and be a leader, a quarterback, for
1: God's sake. Yeah, we did because he just used to sit um, there with a towel on his head and just and just pout pretty much on the sidelines, and and we commended him for how much he grew up after, especially after his accident last year.
0: Yeah, and and clearly, you know, it's still a growing process, and I think the fact is, maybe this year's been too easy, minus you know the loss to the Falcons and possibly a second half scare to the Seahawks you know this year's just come so easy that i think the entire team could be maybe said to be a little bit complacent this was to to denver they just sat there came in with their game plan played the better chess game and came away with a well deserved Super Bowl 50.
1: Absolutely, and if it is Manning's final game, I know I've said before that I obviously I think Brady's better than Manning, but at the same time, Manning is an absolutely legendary quarterback, and wouldn't take anything away from him, he's done a lot for the game, and if he does retire it's a great way for him to sign off and a great way to end um, an illustrious career which now holds the most victories by a starting quarterback doesn't it, so 200, he broke the the record with that win on Sunday night.
0: It is almost set like Jerome Bettis or Ray Lewis, it's almost set to say,
1: go out on top. You mean Mr. Ray Lewis, because I don't know who Ray Lewis is. Mr. Ray Lewis. There you go. Basically you. to sit
0: there and say, look, I've just won the Super Bowl. Ain't
1: going to get better than this. It's time to call it. Absolutely. Now, join us when we come back as we will have our Super Bowl MVPs. Newton has some time. Now he's flushed out. Starts to run. He has knocked down. Here comes the rush. Heads left. They go. Second, second
0: That's game. what I'm talking about. Close the distance on them, then bang a move. Don't waste your time. If that. That's how you get in the pressure. Good job.
1: Deep drop by Cam Newton from a well-formed pocket. Anchors at end zone, and it's caught. Touchdown, Ted Ginn Jr. You
0: having fun? I love it. That's what it's all about. love it.
1: You are listening to Spitball. We come on now to our Super Bowl MVP, otherwise known as our Impact Player of the Big Game itself. Now, Marcus, I know who I've picked. I'm pretty confident I know who you've picked. Have we both gone for the person who was voted the Super Bowl MVP? Yes. And no. Okay. So what's the no side of it?
0: Well, because I've also gone, because we've only got um, one game to do this week, I actually picked an honourable mention. Okay, yeah, go for it. So almost like silver place. So my silver place actually goes to Wade Phillips, defensive coordinator for Denver Broncos, because I think without actually constructing the defence, how he did came in here and sort of like took apart Carolina, literally, and just went, you know what you think you're good at? Ain't going to work today. This is our day. And I think coordinators sometimes are the first, or or coaches in that respect, are the first out the door when players aren't performing well. However, I don't think they get enough pat on the back when players do perform well.
1: Yeah, and I think Wade Phillips has actually won my impact player already this year I'll have to go back and check the tape but I'm pretty sure he has so with that said I'm assuming then we've both gone for first place the Super Bowl MVP there isn't any other person really other than Von Miller with his six total tackles two and a half sacks of uh which two were forced fumbles and he had a pass deflection as well I mean this guy just owned that Carolina offensive line didn't he
0: absolutely and of course critically as well that fumble goes into the end zone, gets recovered for uh, the first touchdown. So, you know, effectively that's points he's created as well.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't just a, a hit that falls a fumble. You can see he does actually have to rip the ball out of Cam's hands on the way down. So it's a great play from him.
0: Number 74 for Carolina, the, the, the right tackle. He, bless him, was just literally out of his depth all game. I mean, to be fair, I would be trying to block one Miller, but yeah, dude just got
1: w- white. And I think that's it, isn't it? I don't think any team, until they actually face Denver, has to face a, f- a defensive line or front five, I guess you would call them, five or six, with the lineman and the two outside linebackers. No one has to face that kind of calibre D-line until they actually play Denver, so you can't even get a heads up as to what kind of speed you're going to be dealing with.
0: Oh yeah, this isn't stuff you can sort of practice, really. I mean, there's no way you can get your scout squad to sort of replicate him doesn't matter if you put a bib on a guy and go, this is Von Miller, everyone. It's not going to replicate real life.
1: Yeah, and just a compliment to him that he won the Super Bowl MVP. There would be another honourable mention as well. And I think when I was watching the highlights, they said that if Carolina would have won it, then this guy might have even won the uh, MVP himself. And that was uh, Ely of the uh, Carolina defence because he also had several sacks. Um, And a a forced fumble as well. The, The fumble from Manning was caused by Ely.
0: Caroline's defence didn't have a bad game. I mean, if you actually look at it, they kept them in that game to one score for so much of the game. And if Carolina's offence could have given them any bit of momentum, could have been such a different game. But as you say, there's only so long you can keep going on until there's going to be a straw that will break that camel's back and you get into the fourth quarter And you've literally stopped and stopped and stopped Denver. You've turned the ball over for your team. You just, there's nothing more you can do.
1: No, and on that note, we say congratulations to Von Miller for being our Super Bowl 50 impact
0: Player. player.
1: Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Wow, sadly, that wraps it up for this Super Bowl edition of Spitball luckily it's not our last show of the year marcus so don't cry just yet because we do have our season recap show to go which we'll bring to you uh, later in the month where we go through all of our highs and lows from this season um, as well as our spectacular outtakes which have been put together by our wonderful producer mr mark taylor from spamhead productions so i'd like to thank him Uh, also thank my amazing co-host, Mr. Marcus Henson.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, stop, stop the applause. Please, please, please. Are oh, you embarrassing me? <laughs> no, I've, I loved every minute. Oh, why is it just seasons just disappearing on us?
1: I know it's crazy, but luckily mentioned earlier. We've got the LFL to look forward to, which starts in April. And, of course, with the start of the new LFL season, means another season of LFL talk with uh, myself and the young Marcus there. Don't forget, our Spitball episodes are downloadable on iTunes. And if you want to get in touch with us, remember... Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Also, you can contact us on Twitter at ballhawksnest.com. At Adrian Mallows and at Marcus underscore innuendo. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by.